This is the show. This is it. This is the show. This is real time. People make the assumption that you either have it or you don't. You either have a good mental game or you don't. But this is the mental game. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Matt Cermak. What's up, Ev? Good to be back. We are pumped for this. We're about to do a great shipping away on a round you had that I think there was a ton of light bulb moments. And then around this week, that was a lot different than that round. We're going to break them down to figure out the fine line between a good round and a bad round because it is fine. Welcome aboard the podcast. Guys, if your golf game is off the rails, if you're sick riding that stroke bus, you come to the right place. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The par train unpacks a mental game with anyone from a PJ Tour pro to a sports psychologist, a best-selling author, or golfers just like you and me. That's what today's about, me and Serm unpacking each other's rounds, mostly focused on CERM today, but we might talk about some stuff with me to hopefully help you get back on track and finally enjoy the ride. This episode of The Par Train, like every episode, is presented by our friends at Roback Activewear. CERM's wearing the hat and the polo right now. I got the athletic shorts on, and guys, it's summer. It is heating up, and this is the time. This is the time. We just had the longest day of the year which is almost their Christmas, right? That's what Roback's all about. Putting you in gear that you can do every activity in throughout the day. It's not going to get sopping, soaked with sweat. It's going to wick it away. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good. From polos to shorts to Q-zips to hoodies, whatever. I mean, this is the latest lid. We'll call that I uh, picked up. I love the color. As you can see, maybe I'm overdoing the blue right now. Well, that hat. Roback stays relevant all year with the stuff they got, right? Just yeah. Always seasonal. Can't wait for the next run of polos. I'm definitely going to be getting a few more. Obviously, um, the layup at when summer season comes around, especially when member guest season starts hitting full, yeah, full no, swing. About that you got to get yourself a new polo. There's nothing better than getting a fresh new polo when you deserve it. It's the best. Okay, so go to Roback.com, enter the code TRAIN, get 15% off. And guys, enjoy the ride by having an outfit that you can't wait to put on and feel good on that first tee. So thanks to Roback, nice. as always. Thanks for supporting the show. And thanks for sending us your DMs and your pictures of all your Roback gear. It makes a smile. I know it makes Roback smile. So Never thanks again old. for hopping aboard that Roback train. All right. Like I said a bit at the beginning, fine line between a good round and a not so good round. I think, Serm, for you... We realized that line is pretty fine. There's not a huge difference. Yeah. And and I I can't wait to get to the decision you made. A lot of people think that it's kind of out of our control. Some days we're on, some days we're off, which is true. But you also made a decision to make sure that the day you were off didn't go off the rails, per se. You see what I did there? <laughs> it's true, Ev. It is it is fine. It is a fine line. There's got, there's always going to be good days and there's always going to be bad days and that gets reflected on the score, but it's, it's what we can do to manage that in between. Yeah. Right. And that's what makes a good golfer into a great golfer. And that's what gets the handicap lower and lower because there's going to be those days where you just don't feel like you have it, like you did the week before, but can you manage, can you manage around? Can you stay in it? And, you know, can you be that Instead of an 89, can you be 86? Or can you be, instead of 77, can you be 73? It's going to be fun to talk about today. I know we've been uh, kind of going back and forth on this. You're going to dig in, I think, a little bit, you know, with how you've been playing and with some of your stuff you're working on because we're going to tie this back and forth. Yeah, so before we dig into this, if you guys get value from this conversation, do us a solid. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hop aboard the YouTube channel, the email list, and obviously Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Just to make YouTube sure we always got a direct fire lately. It and has just rolling a lot content. of good stuff on YouTube guys. You may not know, but we are playing in the YouTube game. Subscribe, hop aboard that channel. All right, let's dig in. Let's yeah. start with a little context or give people context. Let's start with the 69. Heard of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun to shoot 69. I shot three under two weeks ago. I called you right after. Yep. It was awesome. You know, I mean, I hadn't had, which by the way, how awesome is that? I don't think the listeners probably realize, like, I hope that they realize how much we love talking about stuff because of the show, but just like you guys do with your buddies, like 
when Cermak or I have a breakthrough moment, we call each other or we yeah. text immediately. Yeah. And then we're like, usually what happens from those conversations is we're like, oh, wow. Yeah. We need to do a whole episode on this. Stop talking. to me. Stop telling me about it. Let's save it for the live conversation yep. so that it, it flows naturally. And here we are. We This is like a week or week and a half later from that conversation. It's the best. It's the best. You're like, do you have enough to talk about for a whole episode? I was like, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so go ahead. 69. Yeah, talk 69, about kind of how it started. The let, Let's make this clear. You didn't go into the day hoping to shoot a 69. You probably thought there's no way you could shoot a 69 based on the conditions and what that day was. Yeah, 100%. Going into the day, it was a course I've never played before. The Highlands of Elgin. For all you Chicagoland players, what an awesome course. Ev, you've played Harborside? Yeah. It's like what Harborside wishes it could be. It's just how so? It, it's just way more fun of a layout. So mm. you remember Harborside, trouble everywhere. Brutal. Right to left. You're Not a big fan. Playing around the wind. You get a lot of that. The whole golf course is built around a quarry. So you get some really cool elevated looks off tees. The par threes are just better. It's just more scenic and it's in better shape. And it's cool. half the price. Now, granted, it's not like in the city like Harborside. That's how they get you on the convenience. But it was 65 bucks, about 35 miles outside of the city. So it's been there for a while. I'm looking forward to playing it. Play with my buddy Chris. He set the round up, which is super fun. We hadn't played it together in a while. But Eva, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the layout of the course. And I'm looking at the weather. It's like it's going to be 55, 60. We're teeing off at 8 a.m. and windy and wet. So this is a golf course that typically plays dry and runs fast. Get rewarded with good tee shots. Ball's not going to be running as much. <laughs> Was it? Did it recently rain? Yeah, we had recently okay. rained a couple days prior, like two days in a row, which we were coming off a drought. But going into this round, Ev, I was doing a lot of visualization. I didn't hit any balls prior, the week prior or anything, but like this is a golf course. If you can be solid off the tee, you can score. But if you're not, it's going to be a long day <laughs> just because you're just looking at a lot of junk. So it was a lot of like visualization and self-talk about the driver. Cause I'm like, I don't have to drive her. Yeah. Going into this round, I just got to get up and stripe it. Can I so, interject real quick about visualization? Just yeah. a quick pro tip for you, a little tangent for our friends out there sure. riding the train with us. If you're in a workout class and you're worried oh. that it's really going to, you know where I'm going with this and you, you're worried it's going to whoop your ass or the workout class seems long little pro tip, visualize a round of golf while you're doing the workout it was the fastest workout I've ever done. I went to a class just, with Tara. Just went into the twilight zone. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I would like woke up from the workout, did the whole thing. Great workout. And I had done the shootout shot by shot with our buddy Ryan and we won. I did a little flop shot over bunker, stuck it to two feet. We won. We chest bumped. We did it all. What a moment. What a way to start the week. And just a little pro tip for you guys. Visualize shots for fun. If you can't fall asleep or maybe you're going through a workout, it's fun to do. All right. Sorry. Keep going. No, I love it. No, visualizing shots, visualizing a, an aggressive move. Interesting. So, so yeah. So were you thinking about your swing in your head and how you wanted it to look, or was it more of a feelization more of, of a like feel. how you wanted to feel? Yeah. Just okay. aggressive and in the slot and just trying just to hit go it after hard. it. Yep. Yeah. I think for me too, you know, one of the breakthroughs I've had this year of is it's just hitting more drivers off the tee generally, right? Mm -hmm. When it calls for it. I think last year there'd be times where even in years prior, just like, eh, I can go back and forth here. But it's like, it really calls for the driver, especially on the first hole, step up and hit it. You know, so that's been, I've pushed myself to really, really do that. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that. I had a breakthrough thought about that too in the round, but so, yeah, I mean, Tough day, you know, going into, but, you know, got up on the first hole, 370. Oh, wait a minute. Let's backtrack. I pulled a mic. Backtrack. I'm on the putting green and I got both putters. Remember I got the new oh, putter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Serm got a new putter. He's <laughs> calling me before. He's like, I don't know what putter I'm going to bring out there tomorrow. Yeah. Like we'll have to see. I'm bringing both the putting green. We'll see what I feel comfortable with. He's That's exactly he's, what I told you. Yeah. He, you were battling. Your old Bettinardi that you've had for what, 10 plus years? Oh my God, 17 years. 17 yeah. years. This thing beat new, up. Yeah. And I got this new and Odyssey. you got a new Odyssey. I went over to Dick's and just said, I'm getting this. <laughs> and I like it, but 
Which, by the way, we're sponsored by TaylorMade. I couldn't believe that he went out and bought an Odyssey putter without even telling me. We probably could have gotten him a TaylorMade putter, but I digress. Keep going. I know. I was just in those one of those moods, and I was like, I'm buying a butter. And there wasn't any TaylorMades at Dick's. Anyways, I'm on the putting green. Dick's Sporty Sorry, keep going. (laughs) What are you doing? Um, I'm on the putting green, and again, a lot of precipitation on the greens from all the rain, and it's the morning. And I'm using the Odyssey and it's like, I'm going to leave a lot of putts short. I'm like, it's too soft. The, the modern oh, yeah. technology is too soft for me. Don't you love so, them? <laughs> you know? Well, so, so your like, face of your Bettinardi is a smooth kind of flat face, which what I'm yeah. learning with putting yeah. is when, when there's no ridges or any perforations no on insert. the face, there's no insert. It's a harder, clickier feel. Correct. The softer feel has more ridges and patterns on the face because that means that more of the material of the ball can ingrain itself into the putter and therefore it feels softer comes off softer just 100%. a little percent little 100 uh, so i'm just leaving putt tip. shorts on the putting green with the odyssey i'm like i can't do this you know i mean yeah. this is a day i'm gonna have to hit the putts harder so i chose the bent Nardi, the old trusty <laughs> and um first hole is three like 370 straight away Trouble left, but right in front of you, driver, gap wedge, 15-footer, birdie. Bettinardi's in play, right? So that was nice. Birding the first. Yeah, and to make a putt, too. Yeah, so please like, tell ah, me yeah. on the first hole. You said, can't birdie him off. You don't birdie the first. Yeah, right? <laughs> You're like, yeah, make the bogey. You know, take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. Get the birdies later. He's in. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. I mean, it was going to be a tough day. And then, you know, Ev, I mean, I just – Next hole, par five, straight uphill, into the wind, 560, rip the driver. Now, when you, know? you say it's going to be a tough day, just so everybody knows, is that because it's wet, so it's going to play longer, and it's windy? Yeah, right. You're looking at trouble all day off the tee. And what type of trouble are we talking about? Typically, in hit jail the driver with trees, well. water, junk, fescue. Oh, Most, lost ball. Fescue, yeah, off the tee. And then, then water on some holes too. Like we went over to the quarry on this 450 par four, three of the par four or par threes have water. So, okay. But the greens are pretty flat. So it's like you get rewarded if you're, you know, in the fairway in your second shots and the greens don't have tons of break. Okay. But I was just like, it's going to be every, you know, there's going to be a lot of tee shots. Then you had a couple of par fours that were like 280, 290, actually 300. And like, do I hit driver? Do I hit five iron? Do I hit three wood? So that was kind of interesting too, but the moral of the early story of the round is I was able to hit some just great drives right out of the gate, you know, and that was a confidence builder for me. And was there any misses in particular? Isn't it funny how the thing we're thinking about the most going into a round reveals the thing that we're scared of the most. Yeah. So right. You were thinking about making aggressive moves. What were you scared of that? The opposite of an aggressive move creates is that the low left for you or is it the high right well let's go back okay. where does that all come from it's finding your line confidence in your target off the tee so picking your flight and your, picking your line. where i where i need to go where i need to be and a lot of that for me ev is like you know cutting it off a bunker right i'm looking at edges of bunkers and i'm looking at tree limbs in the distance I have never been somebody who looks at the intermediate spot in front of me. I tried, you hear Tiger, you hear Jack talk about that. I've never been able to be, to look three feet in front of me. Even for alignment? Correct. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Not for for club face, for club face, for my feet. I, I have to really look out, out. Okay. So, so yeah. So the big challenge today is if getting a line, choosing the club and just doing it and choosing the right club because there's just elements in play, you know, especially with uh, just being kind of cold and windy. And then you asked about some poor shots. Yeah. A couple of irons on the second, third and fourth hole were like kind of weak, right? Cause you know, it's cold, you know, your body's trying to warm up, you know? So I was like having a hard time finishing through some of the shots on the iron. So, but Ev, I really go back to this target thing and like being so just obsessed. Right? so obsessed where where I need to go and where where I need to leave it because I became this realization like you don't need to be dialing back on clubs like whether it's a three wood or a hybrid 
if the trouble is just on your sides. If there's trouble in front of you that you can hit into, like a bunker in a landing zone, like water, like junk, then that's different, right? But just because it's here and here shouldn't, you know, and sometimes it does, it could, it does. But I was like, that's not going to get in the way of me looking at my spot and looking at my shape. And that's where the driver, and that's where the driver swinging hard. And I really felt really aware and in line and just in a rhythm with, you know what this reminds me of? Getting my spots out there. You talked like this when you spent a few days in Montana with your brothers. And I remember seeing those videos. Do you remember this? Yeah. Where you were ripping it, getting to your left oh, yeah. side. So it was on nice. the last day because I was struggling the day before. Yeah. And you told me, I think you correct me if I'm wrong. I think you told me you had one of your best driving days. Yeah. Or performance in Montana. Yeah. You know, that was nice early on. Ev. You know, I got a couple notes here about, you know, assertive lines and club selection. I was teeing it up a little lower too. You know, I don't know if you guys do this, but you should, especially if it's windy out or if you're really trying to hit an accuracy, trying to be more accurate, teeing the ball up lower, lower even with the driver. So I'm creating less spin, you know, even on my misses. But yeah, that doesn't like, make oh. it more spinny and balloony. Well, that just depends how you swing. Yeah, I guess right. it depends on right. your attack angle, but yeah, I think the takeaway is for you. You knew you knew that because you've tried it. So that goes right. along with our episode last week with Jared Steger. He's like, you got to know your tendencies. You got to try different t heights. You got to try different ball positions. You got to understand how your tendencies translate to different positions. Now, maybe that's a little overkill for a fifteen handicap who's just trying to simplify things. I'm not saying to go overcomplicate things with different ball heights and different ball positions, but well, I, but I have to simplify it. it. All we're doing is teeing up a little lower. I'm not changing my That's ball. Fair position. point. You could be simplifying. I'm not it changing my swing. I'm not even changing my sp- anything. Yeah. It's just because that does get complicated. Yeah. Putting a driver back in your stance is, is a hard, really hard skilled shot. Yeah. And, you know, I've tried to do it with in a member guest, but never trying it before. I oh, wouldn't recommend laughing. it. We're crying. <laughs> wouldn't recommend it, yeah. but keep going. But that's just kind of me reacting to the conditions, right? But yeah. Isn't it funny how uh, also building off of last week's conversation with Jared, he said the brain, it can't focus on two things at once. So if you're thinking positively, you can't be thinking negatively. If you're thinking negatively, it's very hard yeah. for positivity to come in. That doesn't necessarily mean, just to clarify last week's episode, that doesn't necessarily mean a prolonged thing. That's moment to moment. But in the moment walking into a shot, I think there's real power to an obsession with a target. Because to Jared's point, if you're obsessed with where you're trying to go, it's really hard for your brain to have space for where you don't want to go. It's exactly it, Ev. You just you just nailed it. That's where I felt like I was. I ended up turning on the front nine and 35, one under, and you know, it was great. And then I get into the back nine and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this could be a good round, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> what are you not going to think about it? Right. You know? Yeah, it's normal like, to come I'm able in. to shoot one under on this tough day so far. Who says I can't, you know, who says I can't do that again, right? Right. On the back nine. And I'll talk about the pivotal moments in the back nine. Were you surprised at all? Going into um, the back, were you like, wow, I thought this was going to be a pretty tough day? A like, little bit, yeah. Were you bit, proud yeah. of yourself? Did that create nerves? You know, It seemed what, like you had some self-talk there to say, yeah, I am a little surprised. But who says I can't do it again? Yeah. See how your, your I, self-talk remained offensive? Yeah, and I had made a 25-footer for par on the eighth hole, par three, 200 yard downwind, water footer. left. And I kind of bailed out. I, hit the, I bailed that out. That right and hit a bad, I just misjudged where to land the chip. And then Ben Nardi just rolls in a 25 footer for par. Those, those were kind of rare moments for anybody. So that was kind of yeah. fun. But I was thinking like, you know, I've always, I've always know how to manage bad weather, but let's see, let's see what we can do on the back nine. I, I was just, I was actually curious with oh. my, which is your favorite word. I was like, this is pretty, I shot one under, it's been tough out here. I think I can easily do this again. I was like, really like, but and we're going to get course, to this, not knowing the course. So I've got to, again, yeah. really stay focused on where I, where I need to go 
especially off the tee. Because it's interesting how a new environment helped you focus because it's new. Yeah. Right. Where you, if you go to a place all the time, it's a lot easier to lose focus because you've played it before, you know, the club you've been before, think you know it real quick, because we're going to get to the alternative example of this. Once you finish going through your, your great round of 69, I'm just curious, how did your body feel throughout this, the front nine so far? Are you feeling like you're letting it go? Okay. You feeling free or are you battling anything? No, it just, it took me four holes to feel really loose because it was just a matter of the conditions. Uh, other than that, just feeling a little, maybe just Stiff. on a couple weak iron shots. But no, I felt okay. once we got through the first four, I was, um, you know, hitting it pretty good and knew where it was going. And so I'm in the back nine and with the first couple of back nine, I didn't miss a shot and I had two par fives. I was greenside and didn't birdie either of them, you know, no, hmm. again, to the higher handicapper listener, it's like, well, okay, it's, too bad you're parring these holes, but you know, I'm in. You know, when you're in position and you feel like you don't capitalize on a par five, for sure. But I think even know, a twelve handicap that's greenside and two would be frustrated with a par. Yeah, but here was the here was a key moment. Uh, I was on the par five. I think it was the 14th hole. All right, it's a 510 yard. I'm going to paint the picture. 510 yards downhill, OB left, fescue right. And there's a bunker in the middle, kind of left middle of the fairway that's about Jeez. 300 yards out. Okay? okay. Downhill, and I'm ripping my driver. And, and you say this is a par five? Yeah, par five. Okay. 510. Okay. And then there's a creek that then runs in the middle of the fairway. If I hit, you know, if I hit my drive 370 or 80, which was not going to happen. <laughs> but like if you hit into a fairway bunker, the, the layup with the wind you chunk something that creeks coming into play. So I'm thinking about this bunker of 300. You're like, you're probably thinking, I don't, think I I don't can, want to be penalized for hitting a great drive. I don't drive. think I can get there. So I back off the shot. I go pull a three wood and I'm looking at this and I'm like, then I start thinking about the fescue. Then I start thinking about left. I'm like, you know what? I, if I hit this driver good, it's going to go 285, 290. And I put through down the three wood, <laughs> go through my routine, but this is in my head. And my buddy, Chris, told me, just hit the driver. You're good. And it's like, thanks, Chris. I don't need to hear it from you. <laughs> you know, when yeah, just yeah. To, but, but I was like, this is a moment. I stepped up and I ripped it 290. And I was in the fairway 10 yards in front. You know, but that was a, in a funny way, a turning point where I was hitting it really good. I was kind of grooving. Then I felt all this, found all this doubt. And I could have hit the three would have. Well, because you said you were hitting your driver good. Yeah. And, and so is there a part of you that's like, I don't want to be penalized for doing something well. So let's go three wood. But then you're like, no, I'm hitting it good. I need to trust it. I need to that trust I'm not going to hit it 300 in it. Yeah. Like, and I, if I would, do, then whatever, I'll, I'll, that would be a, kind of an anomaly. And I, yeah, I'm just like, the shot is the driver. Well, that's what Scott Fawcett would tell us. He goes, even if aim at the bunker, right. And if you hit it in it, then you hit in it. And that's what I did. But just the numbers would say, you're not going to hit in it every time. I tried to play a cut off the bunker. I ended up hitting it straight, you know, hit a great second shot, didn't get up and down. So, but I've got, and <laughs> this is a fun way to finish. I've had two par threes in the last four holes and I birdied two of them. But after I got off that par five, I was just like, you're one under, do you want to shoot three under? Do you want to shoot four under? And I was like, yeah, I was saying to myself, you, why can't you do this? And I get on this next par three, 157 yards over the water. Front left hole location. I'm like, I'm playing this to a center yardage because it's carry the water all the way there. It took a nine. It ended up, it was 141 to the middle, like 129 pin, a little wind into us, chose the flighted nine over the high draw pitching wedge, Mm. 10 feet, made the putt, you know, and then uh, I get on the next hole and I hit in the gunch, (laughs) but I find it and I pitch it out on 17. (laughs) At 16, 16, yeah. I hit in the gunch, but I found it. I pitched out and I got up and down for par <laughs> and then 17, I had 181 yard par three back right hole location. I hit the best five out of my life into the wind to six feet. And I made the putt for birdie, wow. but, but Ev, it was like, we talk about these moments in these rounds where you're like, you're playing well, but it's like, I kind of thinking like, I can take this to the next level, you know, 71 versus 69. I mean, we know how much, we know what that looks like on the scorecard and how that feels too. 
And I, I just kept the foot on the gas, you know, was there a if part you of you, me, you expect that par- birdie two par threes two of the last four holes? No, right. But I did it. And I didn't birdie the par fives, but I birdied the par threes. But well, that's was, what's so funny is you yeah. got curious and you're like, I wonder what will happen on the back. And yeah. on paper, you would have a hundred percent thought these par fives are my chance, not the par threes, but the, you let the round, you became obsessed with what you're trying to do and you let the round unfold as it did. And how fun is that? Now, let me ask you. Yeah. Was there a part of you, that inner voice that either doubted that you could stay under par or wanted to try and stay at one under to stay um, in the red? No, I don't think there was any doubt, Ev, but I do think there's sometimes a complacency. Yeah. At least I think it kicked in on the par fives, you know, around the greens. Like, you know, just, you know, they were pretty straightforward pitches. And I don't know if I was really zoned in enough. I don't think I was focusing hard enough about, all right, what's the club selection? Yeah, it's a 20 yard pitch, but like, where am I going to land it? And, you know, that's sometimes the difference of chipping it seven, eight feet instead of three, four feet. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're, I think sometimes we're fighting complacency because we've talked about it, Ev, right? You want to, we like steady in golf, right? We love the par train. Yeah. We love, even for higher handicappers, we love consistent bogeys, you know, staying away from doubles. And you should, but when the moment presents itself, you know, can you, the great challenge in golf, can you go from playing good and playing steady to playing great and shooting great? And the or, only way. And the only way you do that, Ev, though, is being so obsessed with the task at hand. Where do I want to go? And how do I want to We love steady. So when you start going up and down, people get – because we want steady. We want easy. We want stress-free. That it makes the the reality, which is we're all going to have this, the up and down, that makes that more painful. Yeah. Because you want the steady. So it's a two-way thing. Your point about wanting steady, it's a complacency to try and stay steady versus go lower. It's also a frustration if you divert from the steady. It's both. It goes both ways. Now, before we dive in, because I've got even more questions about this, I want to ask you, you had a tip that I think everybody needs. This round wasn't really, there wasn't heat element to it, but traveling if there, if you're playing in that humid summer in Chicago round, you had a pro tip that you bring in your bag that I want people to know about. Yeah, at the turn, you know what I'm talking about. Well, this is what this was me on Saturday in the the 87 degrees. It felt like 98. What did you bring in your bag that you used at the turn? Oars and Alps cooling wipes. Don't even consider this an ad. This is like yeah, it's a great move. Yeah, I wish I was using these in college. Like, it's refreshing. Talk it's about lot, this. It's a lot easier than trying to wet a towel. No, the cooling wipes are awesome, guys. You got to get them, you know, to have them in your bag and on a hot day and just wiping down the face with a wipe. It's got these wipe. little blue um, rough beads on it. It yeah. stays on the thing. So it's not like there's going to be beads all over your face, but it's a little bit rougher. It feels like you're giving your face a nice scrub and it's amazing for reapplying sunscreen because I personally hate reapplying. When my face is like sandy and grimy yeah. and and already got a Just layer of sunscreen. Everything yeah. sandy in the bunker a lot on the front. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah. You know I am. Exploding into the face. Yeah, it's going <laughs> right in the face. A lot of uphill lies. But in it's the true, face. Right? There's nothing better than a reset of with um, the cooling wipes. So then you can reapply the sunscreen. But also then you order a transfusion at the turn with the cooling Feeling wipes. refreshed. It's just nice. I've been doing Put it on angry the soda, splash of lemonade. This is a great play. Okay. But no, the cooling wipes to me go, it's the perfect complement to the sunscreen. They work so well together for different reasons. It's a great pro tip. And people don't talk enough about it because you have to think about why don't I reapply? And for me, I realized it's because it, it kind of was gross. I don't right. want to pour, pile something on top of something that's already grimy and gross. So to me, my favorite move is borrow from you, cooling wipe at the turn either the spray SPF or the ghost stick. I love the ghost sticks because it's clear. Right. right. Throw that back on. Maybe do use the SPF spray for my neck and my arms and legs again. And boom, you're ready to go. So oarsandalps.com. 
Yeah. And to that code SPF train, get 15% off and load up on the sun. The best sunscreen is rated by men's health for your bag. They're small enough to fit in your bag and have it there. So you never have an excuse. And then you don't have to deal with any of these harsh chemicals that these other Mm. brands like banana boat or Copperton sport have. Don't get yourself something clean and get yourself something safe. Orzenops.com. Enter the code SPF train. I want to mention one other thing, Ev, yeah. as we wrap up this part, the 69. Yeah. I hit two balls into the gunch. I got up and down for par on both par fours. Now, that doesn't always happen, but I had this attitude Ev, going into the day. This is a tough condition day. It's a tough golf course off the tee no matter what the day, and I don't know it. I'm probably going to end up in the gunch. You know, <laughs> I'm probably going to end up there, and if I'm not, Call me Fred Funk, right? The straightest driver ever. And look, I hit a I hit a weak kind of high push, and I hit a low pull left at different parts of the round. But that's okay. That's normal. And for for you guys listening out there, like you go to some of these golf courses, and they're yeah, they're intimidating off the tee. But like everybody's gonna hit bad shots. Yeah. And I think sometimes telling yourself that is okay. Now, again, I'm not. Tr- I don't want to hit it in the gun. I'm not. Tr- but it, it's hard to be, it's hard to be in these scenarios, perfect off the tee the entire round. So it's just how you respond. You know, well, isn't you it funny? Of- isn't it funny how a round for a course you've never played that's really tough off the tee, that's intimidating off the tee in windy, wet conditions is not a round you would shoot a 69 in historically. Yeah. Like that's a really tough day. Yeah. But you did. Yeah. And it seems to me you had a high level of acceptance. You gave yourself permission to make mistakes. But really, I mean, that's important going in to have that pre-intention. You see how he had a intention going into the round, which gave himself room for error. That's important. Two, though, because look, let's make this very clear. Not enough people have intentions and set themselves up with a tool or a framework going into a round knowing the challenges that might arise you pre-planned which is something that dr kevin chapman says is really important when you're going into a round that could raise your stress levels or your anxiety levels or anything like that right but totally having an intention going into the round is not nearly as impactful if you don't have something that you can lean on every moment throughout the round or when you find yourself entering into a situation like that so it's both it's going in with something and it's also reiterating something. Now, something I know about you, Serm, I forget which episode this was, but we did a deep dive on, I really dug deep on your psyche. And actually our buddy Pevnik called me and he said, hey, I love what you did with Serm where you really like, you helped him vocalize the way that he's wired to help him and his true self come out. And we were doing this together. Yeah. And I remember for you, you hate complacency and you hate being unprepared. Correct. So you would rather warm up and go through your routine and play like shit than not do the things you know you need to do before the round and play great. A hundred percent. Right. Because it's going to dictate where my mental. Right. Because you will put yourself down if you know you could have done something and you got lazy or you didn't do it. Yep. So the th- the theme for you, and I want the listener to think about, you know, how is this true for them? What is their thing for them? But for you, you love giving yourself, you like to hype yourself up. You perform when you give yourself some really strong, offensive, aggressive self-talk, and you really become obsessed with your plan and what you're trying to do. 100%. 100%. You know, I slept, I slept good that night. I visualized well, <laughs> I got a full warm up in. And um, I didn't hear you talking about visualization a lot before going yeah. into a round. Is yeah. that new and for it's you? It's not like, remember, I don't know the holes really. So I'm not, it's different when you don't know the courses versus the, yeah, the courses. I call this like, feelization. Cause I, yeah. I talked to one of my players about this. I'm just picturing. He's, he over, does feelization now. Yeah. I think that's the word I'm just picturing yeah. over hitting into over water or hitting into you know, tight slots with just visualizing Heather, 
on the, on the yeah. sides and like making kind of seeing myself making a good yeah. aggressive swing. By the way, sir, this is actually a really fun thing to do at the range. What I like to do my most fun range sessions, I will visualize like the 18th hole at Meadowbrook, assuming that we are, you know, in the top yeah. two in the shootout, putting yourself in a or, situation. And I will visualize that because at my range, it's all dirt and then there's greens, right? Yeah. Obviously hitting off mats, LA. Yeah, that's tough. And then, but the greens though, I just realized the greens are, you know, they're obviously they're different lengths. They're different distances. So when you think about the gap of dirt that goes between the greens, you can almost see a left to right fairway. Sure. So I started to look at the left green and I'm like, all right, that's the rough. And there's water left, or maybe there's OBE left. And then it fades to the right and over the right green is gunch, let's say for your purposes. Sure. And I'm going to play a cut over the left flag. And I want it to land kind of over that right green in that little gap area. And that gap's only like 10 to 15, 20 yards long. So it's actually really fun to like yeah. put yourself in that. This is 4X. You go through your routine and you feel it. And by the way, you can simulate that. Well, that's right. And that's, we have to constantly be simulating. So we do yeah. kids on the putting green. This is for this, right? But even right. as amateur golfers that we are and everybody listening, you have to constantly be doing that. Yeah. Because it, it just creates hopefully more familiarity for you when you are in those moments. Right. So yeah, I've, the 69 was awesome. It's my low round of the year. I haven't shot three under and 18 in a while. I've had some one unders and some. You also gave yourself permission to go three yeah. under, by the well, way. That was fun too. You right. said, do you want to go three under? Yeah. You even vocalized <laughs> three under. That's yeah. what's interesting. Yeah. I was like, see, can you do it? You still got it, pal? Like, it was like, yeah, I think, you know, you can do this. It's just Yeah. I actually was, find cool. that that dialogue, cool Serm, because that was kind of the dialogue I had to do when I was in my match on Saturday at my Ryder Cup trip is I almost had in one hand, you kind of have to give yourself some grace and like, you know, some empathy and, and understanding and forgiveness for yourself. The other side, maybe in the heat of the battle is talk to that anti-you part of yourself or that complacent part of yourself as an opponent and really create kind of a competitive self-talk yeah, with it because that is so much easier than the complacent, feeling tentative, feeling ashamed, feeling hesitant, feeling frustrated. Sometimes the way out of that is kind of go to battle and compete against it. A hundred percent. I mean, we're going to talk about this next round I played over the weekend. There was another self-talk moment. Yeah. But different. And it's and but here's it, what's funny, guys. We have to always be aware. Like, self-talk is huge. We, we yeah, we love the just saying it out loud stuff. Yeah, you know, I think people just lose sight of this. But mm -hmm. you know, and it feels silly, but it's actually a really, really great tool. And I'm actually going to read while we're do, while we're on this because the funny yeah. thing is we're about to go to your round from this past week, where great conditions, coming off 69. Yep. You'd say, oh, playing against my brother, Pat, let's go do it Frank. again, you know, <laughs> and had a little bit of a different scenario. Yeah. But before we get to that, I want to read this thing. I, I was texting or DMing actually with Dr. Kevin Chapman. Okay. One of our favorite him. guests, one of the top experts in anxiety management in sports and some, some of the top performance athletes, some golfers as well. I, I texted him about an experience I just had, I kind of had an aha moment around anxiety. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if I'm in like a really enclosed space and there's a lot of people and it starts to get kind of muggy and warm and you feel like you can't really breathe any clean, cool air. You're not the only one here. Yeah. I feel yeah. like in the past I've gotten super claustrophobic Yeah, and um, I was walking into a line. I was taking my nieces to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I was at that point where there was no return. So I'm walking into the line and I know, cause I'm, I, I should say, I've got my three month old nephew strapped to my chest. We were letting uncle, my uncle sister Evan. and brother, yeah, <laughs> sister and brother-in-law, we let them go off 
and do a ride on their own. We watched the kids, Tara and I. So three kids and us going into one of those, you know, one of those like slow little rides where you kind of go around. It's like, it's like a, this is a small world type ride. So the baby can go on it. I'm just sitting there. It goes around real slow. Sure. And I'm walking in and Max is crying, my nephew. And I'm like, well, this is my point of no return. Should I take him on this or should yeah. I go off to the side? And I, we realized there's no going back. I've already gone too far. So I'm walking in with Max on my chest, which by the way, he's a little heat pump. So I'm already a little hot. And I'm walking in, I'm closed in, ton of people in this line. It's very warm. It's kind of dimly lit. And I start to feel that old anxiety response coming on. And the craziest thing happened. I said, nope, not today. I have this little guy strapped to me. And it's not my job to worry about me. It's my job to protect him. So I went into like a fatherly protector mode. And my anxiety went away immediately. Well, you gave yourself some purpose too. Yeah. And so I, I DM'd Dr. Kevin Chapman. I said, I said, I wonder, is there a way to channel this as a tool to protect and focus on another as a way to be less wrapped up in your own fears? And he goes, this is indeed, this is a classic cognitive behavioral switch, shifting one's attention from internal distress and perceived inability to cope to a shift to an external task focus such as protection. Remember, the only difference between anxiety and excitement is your interpretation of the arousal. Boom. Good job, bro. And I go, I wonder if how you can use this tool on a golf course if there's no one else to protect but my own ego. And he goes, it requires the same attentional shift, but this has to be selected in advance. This goes along with your pre-plan. Yep. You have to identify the GIT, golf interfering thoughts, and replace in advance with GOT, golf optimizing thoughts. Love that. Then you have to practice them on a regular basis. So this is the this is what so I go meaning self-talk. And he goes, bingo. So the key here is if you know, like using me as an example, if I know that usually at the start of a round, my body goes through the same stress because it's another round of golf and it doesn't want to top the ball or start off feeling like you can't hit it, right? So I know that that's going to be there. Right. So my golf optimizing thoughts could be my aggressive swing feel that I want to hit it hard, that I want to have good tempo, that I want to hold my finish and self-talk that I'm going to compete today and I'm going to be obsessed with where I want it to go. Well, and I'm going to battle that voice all day long. You see how that feels? There's strength behind that. You already, you already, you're back on offense. I'm back on offense immediately. You see the difference. I, I really right. want to hit home on this because a lot of people hear self-talk and they think it's not true. So you're just telling yourself lies, but that's not necessarily the case. I think what we're doing is we're acknowledging our struggles and our challenges and we are pre-planning with self-talk that helps battle it and get us to a place where we can be aggressive and be in a better state, an optimized state. A hundred percent. Ev, I love how you I love how you put that. Golf's about, I mean, golf's about you're going to be taking punches. It's right. just can you throw one back? And, right. And, and another one back. Another one back. And 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 the more you, you know, how do you respond? That's it. Because those days where it's, you know, you can't. You're just not returning the punch. You're just taking them. Right. So let's think you, you about find two examples to get you back on offense. Two of our examples, you in a really tough day, of course, you didn't know tough course and conditions. You use self-talk to stay in an optimized state, despite doubt, despite complacency that did come up, despite bad shots that did go in the gunch, which by yeah. the way, you accepted that would happen, but you didn't love it when it did. No, you're not a robot. You still, by the way, guys, gunch, Heather fescue. It's all, I say all three of them. We say it's all tall grass. The tall shit. grass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You Hopefully didn't you necessarily like when that happened, but you leverage self-talk to get yourself back on offense and get back to what you can control, which is your plan, your target, and the way your body should feel on a good swing. And Ev, those two swings, I went hitting the gunch. I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. 
Yeah. I played between driver and three wood on one of the holes. And the other one, I didn't, I was just, I was, didn't even know what this, where this hole was going. I blacked out and pulled it. Right. <laughs> and me, that's okay. In a know? Ryder cup where I was the number one pick and playing the worst golf of, that I have in years, my hands are, I'm feeling the buzz in my hands. My body's not firing. I had to talk to myself like I was going to battle with that other part of me. And I did. And I yeah. fought and I won four and three. And it's like, it's was it pretty? See, it's no, in there. But it's in there. So I, I really, this is really, I'm so glad we did this episode because this is like really big. Now let's shift gears and let's talk about your back you're nine. You're going to love where this is going with the self-talk stuff. But first, before <laughs> we get to the back nine, we want to update people on the giveaway. So here's what we're yeah. going to do. Okay, One of our so biggest giveaways. Our biggest giveaway. TaylorMade, we're the first brand to ever do the TaylorMade My Symbol balls, which means they replaced the number with the TaylorMade logo. If you follow us on Instagram, you saw them. They look good. Feels There's good. no number on these. It's just TaylorMade, the TaylorMade logo, or the Partrain logo. Enjoy the ride on the side, which you can use as alignment and a reminder to get yourself back on track. When you're feeling this stuff we're just talking about, and there's also a, a standard TP5 or TP5X alignment line. Um, when we lost our Instagram, we lost our ability to get back the back and forth, the, the everyday stories, the, the questions, the struggles yeah. from our audience on Instagram. And we don't want that to ever happen again. So you subscribe to our email list at thepartrain.com. Scroll down a few inches. You'll see the box. Just drop your email on there. Super easy, free. We send out an email every Monday morning. It's called Train of Thought. So you'll get that for free. It's just something we're thinking. It's very short. And we send that every week to help your game. You'll get that. And then you'll get first access to any merch drops like this one. Okay, that's one. Two, subscribe to our YouTube channel. When you do those two things, we got to figure out our goal. But we're thinking maybe 5,000 subscribers as the goal. Be nice. Shouldn't be that tough with 80,000 followers well, on Instagram. So I think we can, we can I think we can do five. So we're going to rally the troops. We ask everybody to subscribe. If we get to 5,000, we will drop the golf balls on our website at a very specific time. You won't know when it is. I will list those golf balls for one cent just for you guys. All you got to do is pay shipping. So these yeah, golf balls, man. technically, because they're custom, could have been sixty-five plus dollars. Oh, at least we're going to give them to you for one cent. You pay the shipping, and the first probably fifty plus people—we don't know how many dozen we're having yet. We're still waiting on the TP five X's. But when we get fifty plus dozens, fifty people are going to get free balls for one, really one cent, as long as we hit our goal of five thousand email and YouTube subscribers. So. Keep your eyes peeled. If you haven't subscribed, start doing that so you don't have to worry about it. You're already submitted. We will give away the greatest piece of equipment or merchandise that we've ever done. It is just so fun to play with these balls. I will say it sucks when you lose oh, yeah. one, but it is yeah, so great to play one. with these. But keep that in mind, guys. Keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram, at the par train, on our email and our YouTube channel. And make sure you're subscribed and more info will come out on this giveaway very soon. All right. Your second round. Yeah. Like I said, great conditions. You're great coming conditions. off of 69. So X our expectations a little higher naturally. Maybe, you know, I mean, I'm playing at Pine Meadow. I hadn't played there in a long time, but this is where I grew up playing. My coach was there. We played high school golf there. I'm playing with Ryan oh, Hosley. So you know, not only is it a great day, you're playing with people you know you love, and it's a place you know really well. Ryan Hosley, Dan Gunter. And Patrick Cermak, my brother. And so it was just like fun. We had it on the books, the four of us. But get you know, I didn't sleep so well the previous night. I got up. I was a little off. You know, we, you know, Shannon and I went out to dinner. We tried a new Italian place in the neighborhood. We weren't even out that late. But you know what the moment was, Ev? I'm sitting there at the end of the, like at the end of dinner, and I've got red wine. I've got red wine, black coffee, and a sh shot of limoncello all right in front of me. And they bring out the... <laughs> You know, the owner brings out the lemon cello. Welcome to the neighborhood at the end. Maybe that was it. You know, I was in bed by like 10, 15, but so I, I'm at the range warming up and it's- Did you hydrate? 
after yeah, dinner? Yeah, Gatorade, snacks, you know, water. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you but, need a cure hydration packet. But I didn't Code sleep. train, 20% yeah. off. I didn't sleep well. And I'm on the range and I'm just kind of ugly. Kind of like a first ugly warm-up session of the year. I'm now, not def- crazy hungover. I'm just off. I didn't sleep well. It's because Stiff. we were out for a little bit. Stiff. Yes. And I'm some really trying to stretch. Now, for context, hit- you've had back issues over yeah. the years. And yeah. for added context, what is a bad range session for CERMAC? A plus 0.1. Just so everybody knows, yeah. what is CERMAC experiencing on the range? I was start. just hitting Eels? a lot of, lot, lot of thin healed shots with like mid irons too. And you guys know what heels <laughs> are close to? Don't say it, Ev. The hosel. Heels um, are close to the hosel. And it can be a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It can oh. be a little arousing in a in a bad way yeah. when you feel that healy strike because you you look down maybe at the mark on the face and you're like, holy yeah. shit, that was about in a millimeter away from the hosel. But keep going. But you know me, I've I mean, I really try to be strong about I'm not, I'm a little mad at myself about I, I, you know why you know you could have prevented feeling like this, but at the same time I'm like warming up. We try to talk about this. Ev. It's warming up. Just trying to get warm up. There's going to be, this is not, it shouldn't define me, but I have created this environment a little bit, which I'm really already mad about. What do you, you mean? Know, maybe you should have had the lemon jello shot. Oh, I see. The extra Got cocktail. it. So you're, you're mad at yourself for having a few drinks when you know I you're playing I, golf early the next morning. Yeah. Boo-hoo, right? What but time was this tea time? It wasn't early though. We, we, it was, you know, 11, 30, 12 or whatever. Oh but, shit. Okay. Yeah. But you know, you're, we're getting old, you know, you're up at it, you know, whatever. But one thing I always try to do, my last shot on the range before a round is to hit, is to spec, to simulate, is to hit the shot that I'm going to hit on the first tee shot of the right. first hole. Back to visualization. First hole is a dog leg right, 370. It's a three wood because I want to have, I want to have the right yardage coming in because the green's pretty back to front. So I hit a good three wood. And then I, so I get to the first tee, yeah. Why not driver? You don't want like drive, an 80 yard. If I pull it a little bit. I'm into the trees, and if I okay. if I hit it great, I've got I'm in the puke zone. As Jeff, our you don't buddy like Arizona that. Okay. Called, it's a fifty yarder. Okay, and so it's absolutely a dialed in moment. So after the bad rain session, hitting some uh, some heelys, you know, I get off to a great start and I birdie it. But it was a three. You hit off. a good three wood. Hit a great three wood. Hit a good wedge okay. shot. Made a nice eight footer for birdie down the hill. I get to the next hole. The second hole is a hard dug leg right par five. And this now, is real actually quick. one. Were you yeah. thinking we're just continuing where we left off on the 69? Well, I know no, this course, no, great day. Are you even thinking about that? I wasn't thinking about the 69. I was, but I was thinking, I really thought about my plan on that hole. The next hole, because I hadn't played pine in a while. I couldn't figure out, what, am I going to, you got to take it over the trees to be in the fairway. What I ended up doing, Ev, is not getting a spot. I just know that I've got to just kind of aim more right than typical, but I didn't get a spot in my alignment and I drop kick hook it into the water. And like, it's kind of like this high grass hazard that really wasn't in my periphery too much, but it was a terrible swing. Like a normal solid swing, even pulled should not be in play. This is when the flashing lights are going off at it's like, well, you just birdied the first hole, but it's like, yeah, but I didn't hit dryer. You know, I, it's like, I was already feeling a little weak on the range. Wait, were you not giving yourself credit for making birdie because you hit a three wood? I mean, it's just two different stories, right? Like it's, you know, it's kind of a position, little par four into a long par five dog, you know, dog leg. So I was just like, man, what the heck was that? But I'm like, well, you're a little off. You feel off. You didn't make a good turn. Didn't know where you wanted to go. That's the theme. I didn't know where I wanted to go. Sorry, did you say you hit driver on number two? Yeah, par five. Okay. Hit driver and just drop kick hook it into the into the hazard. When, wow, okay. You know, oh God. Right. And you know how much I like hitting it left. I hate yeah, you it. You don't. You hate but, it. But it wasn't a pull, it was a hook, you know. So I ended up making a bogey in that hole. And I'm walking over to the third hole. And I have the third hole is the toughest tee shot on the golf course. <laughs> it's a four fifty. Tell me there's trouble left. Please tell me there's trouble left. Yes, there's a pond left yes. that that wraps the dog leg. Guys, and is this not drama? This is why you <laughs> hop aboard the train. How are you guys on the edge of your seats right now? How good on. is this? 
did he hit it in the water again? So I'm walking, going up to this hole. You know, I'm going. Tony, talk to me tracks. about the self talk going to the second tee, and third tee, and uh, yeah. And I get back on the tee box. I get on the tee box. I'm looking at it, thinking, "I'm what am I going to hit here? Driver or three wood?" Because the only way to hit a driver and keep it in the fairway is you have to go. You you have to bite off a ton of the dog leg, and you know carry it two two sixty. 265 and then hope it stops if you hit it too straight to kind of bail out a little bit with a driver you're into the woods and you're not gonna it's dense woods you may not find the ball so i'm saying to myself okay you got to make a decision today you know you're not feeling it you've, you've already discovered that you're gonna have to work really hard to stay in it <laughs> to be a player today you know i'm like what are you gonna do because it'd be easy to just sit in the cart and say, yeah, eh, hung over. It's one of those days. See what happens, right? Or my body's not there. It's going to be a bad day. See what happens. And I was just like, okay. And you know, Evan, I can't draw it with a driver either. So I pull the three wood and I just try to hit something low and straight. And I did it. I ended up bogeying the hole, but second shot was tough. Left it short, didn't get up and down. But that was a big moment right there. And then... This next hole I have is a par five straight away. Driver. Got to hit driver. Yeah. And I just snap hooked one. So I pulled the driver out and I ripped it. <laughs> but it was like lots of deep breaths. We need to talk about the driver. <laughs> you know, I love to dig in, sir, but these are the moments that we have yep. to unpack because everyone has experienced this. The hole calls for it. There's no other option, right? And sometimes there's so much embarrassment and personal shame and frustration where you're just pissed at yourself that you did something stupid. And now you have to hit that same shot again, potentially in front of the people you don't want to do it again in front of maybe even yourself. <laughs> you use self-talk. You stepped up to the T and you had a good one. You ripped a good one. So what were your keys? Were you thinking about, I just have to make a big turn. Were you thinking I have to be aggressive what were you yeah. saying to yourself? What did you focus on? Well, once I got it out of the way of like, I've basically like, what's the word? You know, I've punished myself enough. All right. You stayed out too late. You didn't sleep well. You didn't prepare right. It's over. Okay. It's just, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. It's like, you're going to make a decision today. You're just going to have to work a little harder mentally. You're going to have to do a lot of self-talk and to stay in this today. You know, just work harder. So no, I mean, so that once I did that, I got over, I picked the club. It was either going to be a driver or three wood. I went with the three wood and just got real serious with the line and the shape. And for me, it was a straight shot more down the middle. Three, I can take that line with a three wood knowing, you know, if I hit the shot, it's not going to go too far. The driver, way less room for I it. thought you said you stepped up and you had to do it with the driver. No, I the chose the five. three wood. Oh, interesting. The, the, okay. That, the, that was the next hole, the par five. This is a par, this is a 450 par. Oh yeah. Four. I'm talking about the par five. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. club that you hit left, low and left in the water. Yeah. You're now stepping up to a par five. You have to hit the driver again. Right. What were you focused on? I, I was just focused on, I mean, it sounds boring, Ev, but it's just finding that line, cut off the bunker, you know, cut off the bunker. It's a dead straight. It's like a really mm -hmm. annoyingly straight hole. And But if you spray it either way, you're out, you know, but it's out, not like, you like know, but it's. Camp yeah, on the ball? You're, yeah, you're going to lose your ball. Oh. But okay. if 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 you make that swing I made on the second hole, you right. know, if you but make do you see how you didn't give your brain space to focus on the narrowness, you became obsessed again with your line and what you wanted your shot to do. Yeah. And then did you focus on anything in particular in your swing, full turn, nothing? No, I mean, you know what I say to I say to myself these days is slot it. And that means, you know, my mechanical thought is the right elbow has got to be under the right peck coming down. Yeah. But that means get the club in the slot. That's yeah. what it means. That's my feel. So, Evan, some of these pressure, my pressure moments, right? Mm -hmm. I do say slot it. Because mm. that means if I'm being aggressive, right? You're like, you know, I'm yeah. chasing it. But in the past, Ev, on a day like that on Saturday where – Body feels off. I've already made the really bad swing early in the round. I just put, put, you know, put the driver away, you know? Yeah. And just hit three wood there and still make, I could still make a birdie. We've talked about making birdies, but like, it's like, no, this is no. so great because there's no, like I talked about earlier, 
there's nothing in front of me in front of me for that ball to run, run into trouble. The trouble, yeah, it's left and right, but the the shot is right. Up. It's this not is so good. great because we right. all make these. We jump to the conclusions that like you made a bad swing. Oh, I got to put it away today. No, yeah, that doesn't mean that you can't hit a driver. That just means that you weren't either clear on what you're doing. You got a little quick, or you started off stiff. Like yeah. I love how yes. for the listener, Cermak just did textbook what everybody can do. Let's break it down. So you immediately forgot what you did, but not just because it's easy to say have a short memory, but a lot of people are like, Yo, how really? the fuck do I do that? Like you it's, know, you it's think about killing me, yeah. right? Like it's not saying forget about it. Instead, what you did is you accepted it. You said, okay, I'm going to have to work a little bit harder. I don't have it. I'm feeling, my body's not feeling great. I'm not feeling great. And so I'm just going to accept that I'm going to have to work a little bit harder today. Then what did he do? He shifted into working hard. Your version of working hard in the moment was getting really clear on your plan again. So what worked for you on the 69? Becoming obsessed with your target, becoming obsessed with the visualization and becoming obsessed with feeling aggressive and offensive in something. And that is everything that you just did after drop hooking it, your least favorite shot. Right. Right. A few holes it, before. Right. And this was the day those shots could be coming out. But I'm I'm like, no, this is this is it, the that's show. one thing, but I can change this actually. This is like, the this, show. It, yes. This is it. This is the show. This is r- real time. This is again, people make the assumption that you either have it or you don't. You either have a good mental game or you don't. But this is the mental game. This, in a nutshell, this is recognizing you reflected without judgment. You could have judged yourself, but you let it go. You accepted it based on whatever happened. You then refocused on things that you know help you. You had positive self-talk. You were aggressive. Remember we talked about earlier, the feeling immediately went aggressive. You had a fight to you. Yeah. Whereas before it might've been a little tentative unclear yeah well right in the 69 it was like man i'm one under self-talk to get to three right this is like uh uh-oh terrible shot early on this is this is not my this really could not be my day work hard to keep it solid to make it your day it's self-talk in different you know in different ways and it's just but this is what we have to do because every round challenges presents some sort of different challenge whether internally mentally, physically, the golf course, the conditions. Yeah. And yeah, so I got up and ripped that drive and stayed in it all day. And not that there wasn't some bad shots. There was, you know, but I ended up shooting 73, 37, 36. Lost to Pat by one. He birdies the last hole to shoot 72 on me. Now let's reflect on the 73. (laughs) Because guess what? On paper, people might think, Oh, you'd be really happy with a 69 in tough conditions, tough course. You'd be really a little let down. 73 is not terrible, right? I mean, I, I oh, think no, it's good. No, everybody I, listening would probably love a 73. Tough course, but, pine, pine metal, but good conditions. But good conditions. Know, coming off momentum, you know. Sounds like it's not as narrow. No, not as narrow. Okay. There's so water, then coming off 69, on paper, you'd think the 69 would have been the second round. It flipped. But I think the key here, is based on the way you felt. And if you didn't have the ability to recognize what you did and refocus on what helped you, more productive strategy, what Jared last week called your success strategy, we just identified it, by the way, is that's your success strategy. You could have easily shot a 77. Yes. 76, 78. Right, and just chalk it up. Chalk it up. Lost focus. Don't have it. And by the way, it's not easy to fight. Yeah, no. you're you're it's playing hard. around with buddies. Some people don't want to think about this stuff. Yeah, but I think most people that listen to this show want to get better. Hundred percent. And this is what it takes. You hear tour pros at the end of a major talk about how proud they are of themselves, how they fought. I bet you, seven out of ten Tiger interviews, talking about a win. I bet you he uses the word fight. Yeah. Oh, and talk, he talks totally. about fight all the time with Charlie. You just got to keep fighting. I'm you just keep proud fighting. Of, 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 of maybe even more of what more this proud round of the 73 in the previous round. Yeah. 
It's it's a funny game, Av. But, but that's what the game is. Like on paper, right. you'd think the scores would have been flipped, but sometimes you got to accept that what you got that day is what you got, but how can you get the most out of what you got that day? Right. Every different shot, every different round is a different story. I'll end but with, I just I'll love this, how you Av. shifted to something offensive even after your least favorite shot. Yeah, I'll close the loop on this. There was a moment in the round, late in the round, I was trying so hard to find my visual, you know, see that target off the tee. The ball had fallen off the tee, and I didn't even realize it. And they all start laughing at me, like, like are you going to do something about this? Like, <laughs> but it, it, Did anyone it, say that's one? Yeah, well, that's the old joke, you know, yeah. but <laughs> but um, but it's working hard to get back to what you know best and, and what's my target? Where do I want to go? What should it feel like? Just do it. Yeah. You know? So, well, I don't want to pat pretty, ourselves in the back. Cool but learnings, I feel of, like we're, I feel like we're trending. I feel like these last okay. two episodes have been, I mean, every episode I love, but I but feel like we're good. hitting, <laughs> I think we're hitting a sweet spot right now. And I hope the listeners are excited about this conversation as I am, because these, Again, another reason why I love the show. These are just our rounds, right? They don't yeah. mean anything. But I know you guys listening care as much as we do. And yeah. we care about pulling out these little things that worked because we're playing just like you every day out there. You're at a different level than me, but we both love it equally. We're all and different levels. We're all trying we're, to get to that get next the, level. Get the information. It's the these resources. types of stories yeah. that I think can really help people. And remember this stuff. You're gonna have to lean on it, right? Yeah. So, so really, uh, closing the loop. It, it is a fine line. Your bad rounds can go to much worse. Your uncomfortable rounds can actually turn out good. Good rounds can turn great. All based on these things, these principles that we talked about. You just some some days it may feel a little easier. Some days it may feel a little harder. And yeah. the days it feels harder, you may just got to work harder to be smarter. Work harder to be smarter. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, well, thank but you guys. That's, that's the challenge. Thank you for sharing, sir. And thank you guys for everybody hopping aboard. If this added value, give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, Hop aboard that. that email list and the YouTube channel and all of our socials at The Part Train, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And uh, give us a shout. We love hearing your stories. And we hope you enjoyed this ride as much as we did. If they hit it left in the gunk or the high grass, or the fescue, or in the water. What do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Hey, guys. This is Evan. Real quick, before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to The Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.